Thanks, Lori. Thanks to Kara, Linda, and Amy for leading us in worship uh, this morning. Yeah. Well, good morning. My name is Adam Casel. I have the privilege of being the executive pastor here. Uh, before we jump in, I do want to give update on a couple of our staff members. Um, Nancy, our worship pastor, and uh, Jacqueline, our pastor over prayer and healing, uh, both tested positive for COVID earlier this week. Um, they, they did have a couple of rough days, but fortunately, they're, they're doing better. Um, so please be praying for them. Fortunately, they weren't in close contact with any other staff members apart from um, our office coordinator, Annie Gonzalez. And Annie has uh, been self-isolating just out of, um, out of precaution. So um, please, please be praying for them. Uh, Nancy was starting to feel symptoms last, last week, so I'm really thankful that she didn't come in. Uh, she was supposed to lead worship. That's why Nate led. So thanks again, Nate, and uh, thanks for, to Kara for leading um, this week. Um, tomorrow is Nancy's birthday, so if you want to send her an email or a text, I'm sure she would appreciate getting some, some love from you all. Hopefully she feels well enough to be able to enjoy celebrating uh, her birthday. But I uh, just wanted to give you all that information, um, let you know, you know, we, we took all the necessary steps um, when, we, when we found out that information. So, like I said, please continue praying for them. In the fall of 92, is actually November to be exact, I was 12 years old. That makes me 40 right now, so any of you trying to do the math in your head, I'm okay with being 40. Uh, I, my, I was watching a University of Michigan football game with my dad. And as the game was winding down, I remembered the announcers saying that because of the result of that game, Michigan had won the Big Ten uh, title and would be going to the Rose Bowl again. Now, they still had one more game to play, uh, but the outcome didn't matter. And I remember the next week watching that game with my dad and saying, Dad, do you think we could go to the Rose Bowl? Because we were going to be in Southern California for Christmas and New Year's that year and uh, to celebrate with my aunt who was getting married. He said, I don't think so, you know, buddy. It's, it's sold out. You know, people have known for a week now it, it sold out. We wouldn't be able to get tickets. Well, if about a month or so later, we were in California um, opening gifts with my family, and I was handed this really weird-shaped gift it was light, but it was pretty solid, and I opened it up, and it was a bowl, like a cooking bowl, and inside was tissue paper and a ticket to that year's Rose Bowl game. I was blown away. I was going to be able to go to the game with my dad and my grandpa and my uncle, and you know, still, uh, I have such vivid memories of that day. You know, I, I can see where we were sitting in the stadium, seeing the game-winning touchdown being scored in our end zone, and and watching the longest touchdown run in Rose Bowl history happen, and being surrounded by 80-some thousand people in beautiful Southern California. For me, that's probably the most memorable gift I've ever received from my, for a birthday or, or Christmas. We probably all have those memorable gifts, and I would venture to guess that a lot of times they were actually experiences, that what a person gave us was an opportunity to have an experience, or we know it came at great cost to the giver. 
Now, as followers of Jesus, we have the gifts of eternal life and the Holy Spirit. Jesus says in Luke eleven thirteen, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So Jesus essentially is calling the Holy Spirit a gift. And the Holy Spirit can appear in, a, in our lives in a variety of ways that we call the spiritual gifts. Those gifts are essential for living the Christian life. This morning, we're starting a series called Empowered, where we're going to look at these various gifts. Now, the purpose of the gifts is they equip us for ministry. They empower us to minister to other people. They encourage others in a ways, there are ways that we can receive encouragement from others. And they build others up. The attitude of the vineyard, we as as a vineyard church, uh, what's deeply embedded in our history is this idea of everyone gets to play. That was one of the favorite sayings of the catalytic leader, John Wimber. And, you know, when he was ministering, there was a sharp clergy-laity divide that clergy were often seen as a special class of people that for a long time, really until feels like just recently, if a person received a call into ministry or to missions, we, we, we would refer to that as receiving a higher calling. During that time, Sunday morning was viewed as the most important time of the week. If you needed prayer, you wanted the pastor to pray for you. He or she was the only one who, who could minister But what the vineyard movement brought to the church in the U.S. and really around the world is that everyone is a minister of the church. And I'm going to say more about that at the end. This morning, we're going to look at a passage in 1 Corinthians 12. So if you have a Bible with you, I'd encourage you uh, to turn there this morning. As you're doing so, let me give you a little information about the church in Corinth. It was a church that was in rough shape. There was a lot of abuse abuse of power, and there was a lot of immorality. Immorality that Paul said was not even existent among the non-Christians. There was a lot of division within this church. People were identifying themselves by the leaders that they followed. Some people were saying, I follow Paul, or I follow Peter. And the really spiritual ones were saying, well, I follow Jesus. This is not a group that you would point to and say, see what a difference Jesus makes in your life, right? Because apart from the gifts of the Spirit, there was not much that was setting them apart. This was a group of really immature Christians that Paul had to, had to correct in areas of their life and practice. But in spite of all of this, the Holy Spirit and the various ways that he can reveal himself were very much present in this church, So let's read 1 Corinthians 12, uh, verses 4 through 11. Paul writes, There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. 
Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still to another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit. And he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the gift of your spirit and the various ways that he works in and through us. Thank you for what you have uh, in store for each of us. Help us to hear and to receive that today. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Here's what I want us to take away this morning. If you remember nothing else, remember this. Spiritual gifts are for the benefit of others. The reason for the gifts is that they benefit other people. The greatest gift that we have been given is eternal life and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And these gifts that God works through us are to benefit others. The first way that we see uh, these gifts benefiting others is that they reflect God's character. See that in verses 4 through 6. Now, I I want us to notice something that's important here. Paul essentially writes the same sentence three times, but he changes some of the words. He mentions the Spirit, Lord, and God. That's each person of the Trinity. Now, if you're not sure what the Trinity is, very briefly, it's an essential belief of the Christian faith. We believe that there is one God who has eternally existed in three persons as the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. Now, you'll never fully understand it, but it's a core element of the faith. If you try to understand it, you'll go crazy. The gifts that we're given are to benefit others, reflect actually the nature of the Trinity and each person's love for the other two. So the way the Father loves the Son and the Spirit, the way the Son loves the Father and the Spirit, and the way the Spirit loves the Father and the Son, we actually see uh, we're, we're supposed to reflect that in how we use gifts to benefit one another. Now I want to zero in on each sentence and show how these gifts kind of reflect God's character. So again, verse 4, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. The word here for gift is charisma. That's where we get uh, the title or term charismatic. That's a person who believes that all of the gifts of the Spirit exist today and, and should be practiced. We also get our English word charisma uh, from that, but not exactly the same meaning. This is connected to the word that we translate grace. Grace is a gift. 
It's a gift from God. It's, it's evidence of God's special activity in our lives. Now, a charisma is a gift that's given out of the goodwill of the giver. It's out of God's generosity for his people that he gives these gifts. The gifts are never earned and they're never outgrown. Right? If, if we view these gifts as something that we earn that's merit or that's wages, Paul doesn't call them spiritual merits or spiritual wages. He calls them spiritual gifts. These aren't merit badges to show how spiritual we are and where we are in our spiritual development. We can't think of ourselves as we start out with gifts of service and then we move on uh, to gifts of teaching. And then if we're lucky, we might get prophecy and then finally tongues or whatever order we might put those in. We can't think of ourselves and say, I'm only a gifts of service Christian. Or I recently got promoted to a prophecy. These various gifts all serve different functions. They have a variety of impacts, and they can be used to, to influence or impact, to benefit an individual or a group of people. Again, not a sign of maturity or a way to show how much or how little God loves you. Maturity is seen in evidence of the fruit of the Spirit. It, that comes from partnering with the Spirit in grace to be more like Jesus. Again, we can't think of these as merit badges, but as gifts. These reflect the lo- this reflects the fact that God loves to give gifts. It's intended to show us how generous God is, not how great the recipient is. Now, Paul connects gifts with the Spirit because, again, the Spirit is ultimately the greatest gift. Verse 5, he goes on to say, there are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. The word service here has to do with the idea of serving at a table. So when we serve at a table, whether you've done that as as a job or just to serve your family and friends, the focus is, around the, is on the people who are seated around the table. This is really important imagery that Paul uses here because eating together is the deepest form of fellowship in the Bible. Paul's using this idea of talking about um, these, the manifestations as the idea of serving others. When we use a gift that God has given us, we're choosing to allow others to eat first. Our focus is outward. Now, Paul uses this verb with Jesus, because the the title of Lord is most often associated with Jesus in the New Testament, because Jesus preeminently modeled the way of the servant. Using the gifts to benefit others is following in Jesus' footsteps. Next, Paul goes on to say, there are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. The word translated work and working is is the same uh, word in Greek, and it has to do with activity. The appearance of grace through us is God working with us and through us to benefit others. 
Throughout the scriptures, God is the one at work in individuals, in his people, in even whole nations moving toward his end, his goal, his purpose. A good friend and mentor of mine uh, named David would talk about the imagery of a garden hose when talking about the, the spiritual gifts. He said, when we allow God to work through us uh, by using the gifts that he's given us, we're like a garden hose. And God's work and grace is the water that flows through that to benefit somebody else. And he loved to remind people, even the inside of the hose gets wet. So when we partner with God to benefit others, we also receive some benefit from that. When I was, uh, when Carrie and I were at the Evanston Vineyard uh, years ago, they would offer a prophecy class. And I, I went to, it was a day-long class broken up into multiple sections or, or sessions. Now, if you're not familiar with prophecy, what that means, it's essentially spontaneous revelation from God that would not have been previously known to the speaker. So God gives some insight to an, about another person that there's no way that the other person would have known that. Now, throughout the whole day, God's love and grace was, was palpable. You know, I could feel that for other people. I didn't even know as they were receiving prophetic words throughout the day. And then in the last session, uh, Steve, the senior pastor, had everybody in the class practice practice giving some prophetic words. So he had about five or six people stand up in the front of the class who hadn't received a word during the day up to that point, and he let everybody have a chance, uh, practice in a, a safe environment. And I remember there was a dad who showed up with his like 10 to 12-year-old son uh, for that last session, and he gives one of the young women who are standing up such a prof uh, an accurate word about how God was restoring something that was stolen from her that she literally crumpled to the ground sobbing. That happened because everyone gets to play and there's no junior Holy Spirit. A few years later, Carrie and I were leading a small group and you know, we were still kind of learning how to hear and give, give some words for people. And um, I, I felt like as a group, we should spend some time learning how to do this. And we just kind of sat quietly waiting for God to give us some, image, some pictures or words of encouragement for each other. And for one of the other women, I kept getting this picture of her walking in a field of flowers, wildflowers. It's like, all right, Lord, what does that mean? Silence. All right. Well, I'm not going to share it. So I'm waiting. All right, God, anything for the group? Same picture, same person. All right, what does it mean? Silence. All right, happens a couple more times. Finally, I get the clue. I'm just going to share it. I go, I don't know if this means anything. You can, say, you can tell me if it doesn't resonate. But I just see you walking through a field with flowers. Does that, does that resonate at all? She goes, I've gotten that picture so many times for people praying for me. And I haven't received that in a while. And I was praying, God, I'd love to hear that again. I was like, all right. The inside of the hose got wet, right? I've grown in confidence since then, but each time it's a risk. Faith is spelled R-I-S-K. So again, the gifts benefit others by reflecting God's character. 
They're essentially Trinitarian. Again, spirit, Lord, and God in form and function. When we use the gifts that we've been given to benefit others, it's reflecting the nature of the Trinity and each person's love for the others. Next, Paul goes on to say that the, these gifts benefit others by being for the common good. Paul says, now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Gifts are inherently others-focused. When one other person is built up, it improves life for everyone. President JFK Jr. said that a rising tide lifts all boats. Now, he was talking about the nation's economy, but how much more true is that in God's economy? Right? When one part of the body is built up more into the fullness of who they are, life improves for everyone else, for the rest of the body. Right? Paul has used multiple words for these spirit appearances so far. He's called them gifts, services, works, and now manifestations. A manifestation is anything done out in the open. Paul goes on to list what these manifestations are, but I'm not going to go into them. Uh, this time, our guest speaker, Tony, will, will do that a little bit next week. Regardless of the manifestation, it's for the common good. Remember, I'll just go through the list. Wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miraculous powers, prophecy, distinguishing between spirits, speaking in tongues and interpretations of tongues is all from the same spirit and for the common good. The focus is not on the individual who's exercising these manifestations, but the spirit who gives them. It's easy to focus on the individual. We, we can all be susceptible to that. But when we elevate the individual, we lose sight of the spirit. We lose sight of the spirit who's actually working through the person. It's important that we don't have a death grip on whatever gifts that we've been given because they're not ours. They didn't originate with us. We are not our gifts. Right? We belong to Jesus. Titles don't matter with regard to the gifts. You'll know someone's a prophet if they give accurate prophecies. You'll know somebody has the gift of wisdom if they regularly uh, share and walk in wisdom. You'll know somebody has the gift of serving if they serve. What matters is that the gifts are being used for the common good. Now, the common good isn't just other believers, but also non-believers. I reached out to somebody who's a part of our church who I know uh, is actively using the gifts that God's given this person for the common good. And I've asked them, or they asked me to remain anonymous, but here's what they, they sent me. During a certain time period last year, the Lord laid it on my heart to seek out one coworker a day to bless in some way. I would ask the Lord in the morning which person he wanted me to bless along with what he would have me say or do for the person he highlighted to me. I would be silent and listen for his promptings, and he was always faithful to give me ideas. Once he led me to a coworker 
that I was somewhat afraid of and who always seemed to be sharp when interacting with others. I felt God wanted me to ask if I could pray for anything for her. I was afraid this coworker of this I was afraid to approach this coworker but felt God would not let me get out of this one and continued to prompt me uh, to go in and talk to her. It turned out that this coworker was particularly blessed that I came in to talk and she opened up a little bit about her Catholic upbringing and a health need. On another occasion, a coworker shared about her battle with cancer and desire for prayer for healing. I also remember one time the Lord brought to mind the coworker that was hardest for me to get along with and told me to buy her a treat on my way into work. This daily practice of asking the Lord which coworker needed a word or touch from him and then obeying what he said to do become a, became a fun adventure that built my faith each time I chose to partner with him. I hope what we see is what matters is not the response. That's up to God. What matters is that this person was obedient. Lastly, I'm going to just do this briefly, kind of run out of time. The last way that the spiritual gifts benefit others is that they're according to the Spirit's wisdom. Paul writes, all these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he intended, as he determines. This is bookended with verse 7 where Paul reminds us that it's the Spirit who's working, that he is the one who's giving out gifts. Right? If we don't have a gift, it's because it's the Spirit's wisdom not to give it or we haven't asked for it. Right? One reason we don't have all the gifts is because God wants to give us grace wholesale and retail. Right? He loves to give us grace directly from him, and he wants it mediated through others because we're intended to be interdependent with each other. I think this is why we often have richer times with the Lord uh, with a group of people than just by ourselves. Uh, this past Wednesday, our staff meeting was particularly small. It was just three of us. So we spent our prayer time interceding for Jacqueline and Nancy and, and the church it was such a rich time as words of encouragement uh, were given to benefit one another. These gifts are, are great to practice in a small group. But the richest times that I've experienced giving and receiving the gifts of the Spirit in various ways have been in a small group setting. We've seen physical healings. We had simple expectant prayers offered with simple expectant faith, and God showed up and did something. A thing we, we stumbled upon uh, years ago with, with a group was we would, around somebody's birthday, just pray for them. Right? It brings a group so close together as you just share words of encouragement, telling the person in front of others what God thinks of them. Later in the letter, Paul says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. I said earlier that we may not have all the gifts because we haven't asked for them. So I'd encourage you, ask for the gifts and then take a risk. 
So if the band could come up. Living out our, our spiritual gifts is highly practical. And there's no limit on when you can use the gifts because everyone gets to play. And the playground is wherever you are. Another Wimberism is the meat is in the street. When you go to work, when you go to the store, when you go to your favorite hangout place, it's an opportunity to be a minister. You're a minister in your neighborhood and in your workplace. Now, I'm not putting a timeline on this at all, but the reality is all this social distancing and the mask stuff is going to end, right? So let's be ready to be good neighbors and good coworkers again, actively engaging with, with people in person. And in the meantime, let's, let's practice and be ready to R-I-S-K in the streets. Ask the Lord how you can encourage your neighbors and your coworkers. The spiritual gifts, again, they're for the benefit of others. They reflect God's character. They're for the common good. And they're given according to the Spirit's wisdom. We're going to enter into a time of communion now. So I'd encourage you to get your cups ready. Apostle Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. When we celebrate communion, we remember the gift of eternal life that Jesus made available to us through his death on the cross and his resurrection. The life to come is available to us now through the gift of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. I invite you now to take some time, either as family, friends, individually, to reflect on what Jesus has done for us to look forward to his return. I'll give you a couple of minutes and then we'll go on to our next part of the service.
have uh, one final song. And as we sing, we also want to open up time um, to receive ministry. So any who are on ministry teams, if you would please come forward. Uh, for those of you who may be new, we, we try to have a time at the end of the service to be able to respond to whatever God's doing um, through this morning or just if you have any need in your life, we, we want to pray for that. Um, obviously, we're talk, we talked this morning about the gifts of the Spirit. And so let's just ask the Lord to release some of these gifts today. So here's the question for yourself is, what gift do you want? Just come, ask for it. Anybody up here would love to just pray for you, for, for God to release that gift within your life. Any other need that you have, team would love to, to pray for you. As I was praying this morning, I just had a sense of somebody who has the gift of service and has kind of downplayed that. In part because you feel unseen. I just want to encourage you. The Lord sees you, sees how you use those gifts to benefit others. open now to come come forward as we to faith if you're feeling like a tingling sensation on your head that that's you and just encourage you to come forward and and get prayer for that anything else we've got we got teams up here love to pray for you if you want to be able to give words of knowledge feel like the lord wants to release that. Yeah, that you just be able to use that to, to tell people kind of who they are, call out who they are and what God thinks of them. If you're, if you've got a stirring within you right now, come, come get prayer for that. Right, that's a step of faith. Nothing magical about these teams, but there is a, it's just a step of faith to come and get, get prayer. Say, saying yes, God.
of you are really just engaging with the Lord right now. So I just bless that. Say more, more. For those with hands open, just say more, Jesus. Holy Spirit, be like that living water that's within us and just flow. Be really 